Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey, everybody, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. And I am so excited about our guest today. I know, I am too. She is one of Anna and I's friends. She's yep. a fellow business owner and mom. She's also a sales for non-sales people expert. And Which is exactly like who we I'm, are. Everyone out there feels like they're not a sales people. Like I, not sales. I know that. So, uh, But I've learned so much from her. Her name is Kim Frederick. She's also author of the new book, If You Can Have a Conversation, You Can Sell. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today on Two Girls Talking. I'm so I love being here oh, because now we're three girls talking. We are three. Absolutely. I love it. I am not so sure that I actually can sell because I do not like selling. But I'm going to take your word for it. I've read your book, so we'll see, Kim. Yeah. So, okay, Kim, let's dive in. Being that you are an expert for non-sales people, you obviously have a lot of knowledge to, to give everyone mm -hmm, today. Yeah. But let, tell us about yourself. How did you get started in your career as being an expert for non-sales people? Because I feel like that's very specific. That's absolutely, yeah. So it, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. It was a little bit by accident, just a little bit. Um, I have been in sales and marketing for my entire career. And when I was looking for a way, like probably a lot of your listeners, a way to get back into the business world after being at home with my small people, um, I had initially thought that I was going to focus on marketing. And all I was realized was that marketing has changed really dramatically in the time that I was out of the workforce. And what I knew, although the foundation was still there, it really had changed far, far, far too much for me to make that successful. And I had a conversation with um, another woman supporting women business owners, a, a business coach. And we were just in the conversation. She said, why aren't you doing something in sales? And I said, I don't know. She said, everything that you talk about is about sales. And when you talk about sales, you, your voice lights up. I can hear the energy in it. She said, you clearly know a tremendous amount about it. And that really was the kickoff for it. And I realized that's true. I do know a tremendous amount about sales. I have sold business-to-business -business services. I've sold consumer services. I've sold in retail. I've sold Xerox copiers, for goodness sakes. I have a, a lot of knowledge and background in all different kinds of selling. And so I thought, okay, but I also know that most people think that's a horrible, horrible thing to do. I and didn't like it. We were just talking about that. Ashley and I. We're just talking about it. Yeah. Right. Who likes it? Get us to like it, Kim. How do you get us to like it? Okay. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. So, so, so this is it because we have to take it right back to this. We're in business, all of us, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what are businesses? Businesses are a way to connect products and services with people who need them, right? Yeah, so yeah. we help people. You help people, exactly. Right. You help people and you're helping people, your product or service helps a person or an organization solve a problem. You're helping people. But in order for that helping to occur, a transaction has to happen. That's the sales part. That's all that it is. And if you take it even further back, if you think about our whole way of living in the Western capitalist world, it's all about this. It's about people who see a need or a problem and say, you know, I can solve that problem. 
Right. And then finding the people who have that need or problem and connecting. I'm using my hands. That's sure. a problem. You can't see it, okay. but I'm using my hands. Connecting the people with the need with the solution. Right. So when you think about it from that perspective and you think about you're helping somebody, it's not icky anymore. You're helping somebody and your solution is going to make their life better or their business better, whatever the case may be. So the reality is as a business owner, we all have to sell. That's so what how, a business how is. People, how do you get people to change that mindset? That's a great point. Yeah. I, I mean, cause I don't and like, yeah. And the confidence, like, because exactly. it is okay. I feel like the hurdle is the mindset, right? Absolutely. Sure. Sure. So there are two things in what you just asked me. There's, there's the confidence and there's the mindset. So the big one is exactly that what we were just talking about. You have to change your mindset from, um, I'm selling something to somebody that they don't need or want, which is how most people perceive sales, right? Mm -hmm. Think, oh my God, this person's going to sell me something. I don't need it. I don't want to talk to them. So that's the first thing. If you turn it around and you say, no, I'm going to find the people that I know have this problem and I know that I have the solution and I can help them. Right? Yeah. So you, you have, and you've created your business for a reason. There's a reason that you have it. It's because you have expertise most likely, um, but also because you believe that there are people who need your help. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the tricky thing then is, that's not the tricky thing. The, the key is to find the people who need the help and then present it to them and find out, do they actually have the problem that you believe they have? And then talk to them about how you can help them solve that problem. That's, that's really what selling is. Now, so, the second but- piece... Oh, oh, that's okay. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, that's, I think that's great. And I think that I do a good job of telling people why they need to use video. Mm-hmm. I think what I have, and I don't, I don't know that it's my issue, mm-hmm. but where the issue comes in is closing for the price that we need to practice. Closing for the price. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's where we start to talk about value. So, okay. so we can come talk about that and we'll come back to confidence. Let's make sure we do because okay. that's really important. Actually. Well, you want to finish with confidence? Yeah, like, I want to hear. I confidence. can. I yeah. can. We're dopaminergic. So yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we flip. It Although, is yeah, cool. Let's go with confidence and then I yeah. want to hear. Okay, it. I'm going to roll with you. We can do it. So the thing with confidence, and I say this a lot when I do presentations, none of us were born knowing how to walk or talk, right? Right. We all, but we all know how. Malatricial, correct. Right. So we learned and we had to practice. And when we were learning to walk, we probably fell down a lot. Mm-hmm. We might've even gotten hurt, um, but we learned and we practiced and we fell down some more and we kept practicing and we can all walk and talk. Look at us. We're yeah. pretty amazing. So good. It's the same with any skill and selling is a skill. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to do it and you need to practice. And with the practice comes the confidence because nobody feels confident walking. I mean, little kids who are learning to walk, sure, because they don't have very far to fall. As a business owner who has a lot at stake, you have a lot further to fall. So you're much more fearful of that failure. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's the same thing. It's a skill that you need to practice and get better at. And you learn things along the way and you think, oh, that worked, that didn't. Okay, I'm going to use that piece that worked, but not the one that didn't. And you keep on practicing. And something that I advise my clients to do is when you're really not feeling sales confident and you know that you need, you have a a target list of people that you think are a good match for your product or service, Mm -hmm. that the best thing to do is start with the smaller ones. 
because as you work your way up the list, you're gaining skill and you're learning and you're adding and you're changing and you're tweaking. And so by the time you get to your dream client at the top, you are a-okay and you've got your sales confidence and you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Um, question for you before somebody you're going to about to give us a lot of gold advice on like, how do we have these conversations um, that right. don't feel like we're selling? But my question before we get into that is, okay. So for people like me and Anna and anyone who's a business owner, maybe not, maybe they are in their company and they just want to like, you know, get a promotion and therefore get more sales for their company. Okay. How much time a week should we all be dedicating to sales or leads and new business and then i want to work backwards and say okay then how do we get there with the time that we are dedicating okay i love this question because it's so important but really hard to answer okay, okay. So, because because of course it depends so if you are a brand new business and you haven't got any clients or maybe you have just one or two let's say then probably 75 to 80 percent of your time needs to be spent on sales and marketing right mm -hmm. as you become a little bit more mature in your business and you have some clients but you know you still want more because you still want to grow then that can start to shift because clearly as you take on more client work you have less time for selling but that's what you want you want to sell so that you gain clients but and this is what i think you're getting at you can never stop selling Right. And that, I think that's, I think a lot of people, including myself in the beginning, got into that problem. You sell, you sell, and you, now you're working on their project, and then their project mm -hmm. ends. And, and then what? In the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then you have to start all over again, and then you're really hungry for however long your sales cycle is until yeah. you bring in the next batch. So this is an excellent point. I'm really glad you brought it up, Ashley, because it's so critical. You need to sell consistently that's really really important and so if for example if you're running at 90% capacity in your firm let's say mm -hmm. then you still need to dedicate at least an hour or two a week to some sort of sales and marketing activity because mm -hmm. as you well know those projects will end you, can't, yep. you cannot be starting back at the beginning at square one every time you want to have a constant rolling cycle which is where the sales funnel comes in, but that's really pretty complicated and we probably don't need to talk about that today. Right. But the, right. the point is there must be consistently new, new business coming in. Now we can also at this point, maybe talk a little bit about organic growth mm -hmm. and organic business this is a, a lot of what I've been talking about just this week, actually. Um, and it's valid too. And so when I talk about organic growth, what I mean by that is finding additional work within existing client accounts so maybe they hired you in the first case Anna maybe they hired you to do uh, a social media video uh -huh. right right and then in working with them and talking to them you discover that actually they're looking to revamp their website and they really want to add more video into their website and that's not anything that you ever spoke to them about or they ever brought up but right. it's a great opportunity for you and because you've already established the relationship working with them, right. they know you and they trust you. You all know how to work together. Mm -hmm. They're going to say there's a much more likely chance that they'll say, yes, Anna, we'd like you to do this work too. But mm -hmm. you wouldn't have known about it if you hadn't asked them what else is coming up or what else they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's yeah. one way to keep on selling that's really easy because you already have those clients. And I, I think it's a little less scary. 
Of because course. I, I tell you, yeah. I mean, I think that sales, if you had said to me, I remember one time you posted something on LinkedIn and I said something about, are you, are you the, what did you say? What did I, what did you ask? What was that? Do you remember that? Are you this or are you the salesperson or are you this person? And I was like, no, I'm the other person. And you said, are no, you an order taker or a salesperson? Right. And you said, no, you're the owner, Anna, you're a salesperson. And I was like, dang uh -huh. it. You're like, I don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Well, well, right. Because well, in some businesses, if you have really amazing, and this is more, I think, relevant for product businesses, if you have really amazing marketing, you can just be, especially if you're selling online, you can yeah. just be an order taker. Sure. But, None of us, and probably most of the people listening, are in those kind of businesses. Yes, we're in yeah. the kind of businesses where we need to sell our value. That's and that's the other question you were asking. So, so, so the answer to the question about how much do you need to sell? It depends where you are in your business, um, but it is absolutely critical that you continue selling consistently, mm -hmm. um, unless unless you know that you have kind of business where it comes every September. Yeah, yeah, some businesses sure. are like that. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But We're not. the vast majority yeah. of us I mean, that's I not that, the case. I know that every, you know, X amount of years. Right, exactly. Because it, right. in, the, in the case of my business, companies and corporations are not going to come to me every month and drop five to ten thousand dollars for a new video. Right. Right. And right. book authors, you know, an individual author launches a book once every five years, if that. Right. If that. Like, if that. that. Exactly. Like so, done. so that's right. So especially for you, Ashley, you can't be counting on like those projects are very they're very discreet. They are yeah. for a period of time and then they're done. So you constantly need to be filling the top of your funnel. Oh my God, the pressure is on, Kim. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's that's only if you want to grow. I, I, mean, I mean, well, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, well, it's not so much like growing, but sustaining. Yeah, like sustaining. now that I have my staff right. in place, and and it's like I want to keep bringing the business in, and you have been brilliant in helping me teach me and my staff how to do that. So one question I had for you is what you say, and this is what your whole book is about. It's like selling is really about having a conversation. It's not, it's not like right. we don't need to be pushy. You need to have a conversation. No. So we want to hear your secrets. So give us okay. some of your secrets and keys to having an impactful conversation in the sales process. And okay. So the first most important thing, <laughs> well, here's the first most important thing. Everybody thinks that when they're in a sales call that they need to do a sales pitch and they okay. need to do a, a presentation and, and it should involve PowerPoint often. Yeah. And I'm going to say, no, it's Thank God. A conversation. I hate that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was just, I was just listening to a podcast about this very thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I think too. So here's <laughs> why a sales pitch and a sales presentation, especially if it's got lots of PowerPoint, who's it about? Company. It's about us, isn't it? It's about you. Right. And does the client care? No, they no. want to know what you can do to help. Exactly. Them. Exactly. So the much more effective way to do that is through a conversation where you are, the focus is on the client and yes, you're managing that conversation, but the focus is on the client and you're asking the questions that are helping them, helping you understand really what's going on with them. Really, what is the issue they're facing? And I guarantee probably half of the time the clients don't even really understand what their real issue is. They might come to you and say, well, I think I want to do this. And you talk to them a little bit and you realize, especially for you, Anna, and then you talk to them and you realize, no, actually what they really need right. is yeah. right. Yeah. And, and that's because you have the expertise that they don't. That's why they're talking to you. Yeah. But that's where you make the difference between being an order taker and a salesperson. 
Okay. So if, they, if, if they come to you and they say, we just need a two minute video, it's not going to take long. We don't need a lot, blah, blah, blah. And you say, okay, sure. I can book you in at 10 o'clock next Tuesday. You've just taken an order. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. If you talk to them and you discover, ask them a little bit more about what are they using it for? What are they trying to achieve? What, what is the outcome that they really are desiring? You mm -hmm. might discover that what they really actually need is a series of videos and they mm -hmm. need to pull in their people from their West Coast office to get that perspective because it's different. Right. And do you see what I mean? Suddenly the job that was initially, let's just say a $500 job, yeah, suddenly is a $3,000 job because sure. you have put the focus on them and you've asked them questions to really understand their situation and you've been able to say well i think the right way to approach this to achieve what you just told me you want to achieve is to do this which is not what they came to you for right mm -hmm. correct yeah but but i hope you can both see and everybody who's listening can hear <laughs> that what we're talking about that's not selling in a slimy sleazy way mm -mm. right you are you've identified what their real need is and you've found a solution to their real need that helps them achieve the outcome they're looking for so so then sorry you well i i was just gonna say i i i love that and i've actually started experimenting with that strategy mm -hmm. and i have because having these more open-ended conversations asking about what my existing clients or even new clients need i created new service packages sure. that um that i'm like oh well if you need that i can do that and, and it's like three different elements put it into one package that is a win-win for both so and right. I, i've recently right. Um, sold two of those, which is great. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm on to something because there's a need for this in the right. industry. In so just to your yep. point, it, and, and so I'm just, what I'm saying is to the audience, it works. What Kim is saying <laughs> works. Okay, so, sorry, go ahead. And, and I'm going to quote you on that too, because yes. that's awesome. That's, that's one of the concepts. Yeah. That's yeah. all around. Um, one of the questions I had for you, and this kind of goes back to the first one, is then how do you convey it the first time around your value to these clients, potential clients. Yeah, right. So it's a combination of things. One is being able to talk confidently about your experience and your expertise. Mm -hmm. And once you understand, like remember, that part comes at the end though. That's right. the important part, right? This is where we take out all that presentation pitchy stuff. We don't yeah. do that until we understand what the client needs and then, then we can start to say, okay, here's what I think you should do, and here's why I think it, and here's why you should believe me. Right, right? absolutely. So, so, and then you talk about, and rolled and wrapped into all of that is also like just what you did for me, Ashley, was talking about results that you've had with other clients, where you tell little stories about, well, yeah. you know, I worked with another client who was similar to you, having a similar issue, and wanted to do, X and this is what we did and they achieved X and plus some mm -hmm. right so so then you're showing your value you're saying well, look I, I understand what your situation is I have worked in that situation before and I had success and here was the result okay okay so and for you I know Anna like for what you're what you're selling there's a lot of people who think 
that they can probably do it themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. So true. When same for people, yeah. people think they can DIY. It they can do it themselves. Right. And so, oh, God, so no, this no. is where you might ask questions, and this is where you have to decide how comfortable you feel with this, because you can ask the questions where you might uncover more pain. So, right. for example, Anna, you might say, "Well, okay, so you've done some filming before. Um, did it have the results that you had hoped it would?" You know, like, have you, were you able to define right. the results and did it do for you what you had hoped it would do? Right. Same for you, Ashley. You could say, well, how much time have you already spent trying to get publicity for this book and what was the result? And then you can say, okay, so while there's no guarantee that I can get you on the front page of the New York Times, um, what I can do for you is this, and because I have connections and I know how to talk to these people because I know what they're looking for, I can shortcut all of this for you. And yes, that comes at a price because you're paying for my expertise. I'm saving you time. Right. And I'm getting you to your outcome, your desired outcome more quickly or more efficiently, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. so, so that's, you know, you, you both and everybody who we're all talking about business owners, we have some kind of expertise. There will always be people who want to DIY. My dad is a great example. Yeah. At age 72, he still gets up on all these scary ladder constructions to paint the outside of his house. I'm like, dad, seriously, think it's time to hire someone to do it, yeah. right? Yeah. Now he says, no, they don't do a good enough job. <laughs> Okay, so that may be true, but at some point you have to evaluate that whole situation and say, does it make sense for a mid-70s-year-old person to be climbing 30 feet up in the air painting the outside of his house? Right. Right? And at some point you need to say, no, my time or energy or effort is worth more and I'm willing to pay for that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. And that, you guys, the value conversation is a tricky one. It can be. So this is where you really have to understand what is the issue you're solving for your client. And it may be that the issue that they have is not great enough that warrants your expertise, in which case you say, you know what? I don't think there's a good match here. Mm -hmm. Right. That is okay. Yeah. Much better to say no okay. and move on to somebody who is a good match. Yep. That's, I think that's a lesson I that, that I learned over and over and over again. I have to remind myself that lesson, even though I know it. And I think it's one that a lot of people um, might know, but don't really adhere to because, you know, mm -hmm. we talked with some, we had another guest on that was talking about, um, when we get the client we think we want, it's really not the client that we want. Mm -hmm. You know, that, th that those clients are really, can be a, a much uh, bigger hand to hold than what's worth the, the result. Right. The juice isn't there. worth the squeeze. It, it is not, no. Yeah, but and I mean, when, and we've, we've all had those clients yeah. and, we, and we learn from it and we say, okay, no, not right. doing that again. And I, and I think that, Oftentimes, you know, like how many times have we ever talked to somebody? She's my one client that drives me crazy. He's my one client who I just cannot make happy. And yet we continue with these clients instead of saying, okay. I mean, like well, maybe I'd have more hair. I have long hair. But maybe I'd have more hair, you know, or, you know, maybe if I had been nicer, my hair would have stayed longer if we had not had these people around us, you know, those types of things. Well, that's why I think the power of no in this in this conversation process that you're having for sales and discovering 
hopefully you can discover if this person isn't a right fit, say no. Yes. And let me recommend mm -hmm. some other folks who so might be a right fit because that yes. just opens up the world for more yes. opportunity to, for you to find the right client. I would absolutely, say. absolutely. And it saves everybody in the end because yes. then you're happy, they're happy, everybody's happy. And honestly, a client can respect that. I would hope so. I would. I would really hope. Yeah. So. I would, well, I, I think a client who who's really pushing you to work with them, who's pushing you to work with them, that's really strange. In the situation where you say, you know what, I do think that my colleague or this other person that I know would be a much better person to help you with this. I think that's something where a client should be respectful of that because you're saying you're not saying I can't help you. You're saying I'm not the right person to help you, but yeah, let me help you. Yeah. Yes, I right? still can help you by sending other people your way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's commonly referred to as you lose the sale but keep the customer. Yeah, right? that's so true. so right? So that that means that at the time when they are a good fit for you and if it's a personality thing that may never happen, but you know what I mean. If yeah. you're scenario is such at a later point where you are a good fit then they're going to come back to you 100%. because you help them yep yes i believe that so true um okay so i want to ask you about cold calling oh, this, yeah. okay, so let me let me set this up so this is where i feel uncomfortable um as a publicist i will cold call a member of the media all day every day no problem to try to sell my clients and get them placed in the media. When it comes to cold calling anyone for my business, maybe it goes back to the mindset thing. I'm like, well, yeah. I've never done it. Um, I don't ever. Like it. I, I will if you tell me I need to, Kim. So tell us how important is, do we really need to cold call? That's my first question. Well, my follow up question is, how do we ensure the success of one if you're about to say, yes, we need to cold call? <laughs> okay, like so, so well, well, hold on. First, we need to understand something. What do you think a cold call is? Um, I think a cold call for me would be, you know, I love working with book authors. So it would be like, you know, I just finished reading this book, uh, a cookbook, and I loved it. And I was telling my husband, I really would love to work with this author. And I was like, I really should send her an email and tell her how much I love her book and tell her about my services. That feels like a cold call or email to me. So you tell me. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. I would say that's not a cold call. I was going to say, I was a warm call. I was okay. going to say that I think a cold call is there's a there's a, a corporation i'd like to work with mm -hmm. and i need to call and talk to say their marketing director with and, and i've already done everything i can to search for connections in linkedin and mm -hmm. is anybody in their industry do i know anybody in the industry of where that person is and does anybody reach out? and i've got zero there so yeah. i would say that i would then have to reach out to that comms director to that marketing director to that vice president on my own without okay. any other kind of connection sure other than i really like your company and i want to work with them okay so i that could be called a cold call and i'll explain why because they don't know you no and you don't know them mm. so it's cold from that perspective however you also know that it's a company that could most likely could benefit from or could use or has used a service like yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? So that part is not totally cold. So totally cold would be you just grab a phone book and start calling randomly, which would be stupid. None of us have time to do that. That's ridiculous, right? right? 
Right. But what you've done there, Anna, is you've identified a company that you believe could use your help for whatever reason that you believe that. And yes, it's cold you reaching out unless you've, you know, unless you've met somebody at an event or something, but the randomness of that is still pretty high. Yeah. So yes, it is a cold call. However, do you really truly believe that you can help this person? As, as the organization? Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would want to, yeah. I mean, I would have already taken a look at their mm -hmm. website to see if they do any type of video. And mm -hmm. honestly, I probably would have, would have checked to see how good their storytelling was. Okay. And that would be your in. Because you might call them up and you might say, how do you feel, do you feel that like the way you're telling your story is achieving the objectives that you are trying to achieve? I have to take notes, so hang on while I get on my phone. Take That's notes. okay, I'm gonna say that again. You're gonna call them up and you're gonna say, do you feel the way you're telling your story is achieving the objectives you need to achieve. That's so good. Yeah. Everybody listen and take notes know, to this. And <laughs> it's right literally now. taking notes right so, now. So you know, it, it is a cold call. Mm -hmm. But if you remember right back at the beginning when we talked about mindset, mm -hmm. if you're coming from a place of service, you know that you can help this company do something better. Okay. They may not be willing to listen right now because for all you, you know, maybe they've just completed a video project. And even though you know it's not adequate and it's not doing what it needs to do, they've just completed it and they have no interest in talking to you. Okay. but. But you know it's no good because you've seen it on their website. So in another two months time when they realize that it's not doing what it's supposed to and you call them up again or you send them an email, they'll be like, you know what? Maybe we do need to talk to her. Or maybe it's six months later. What, whatever the time frame is. Sometimes in a, in a big project like that or something in that situation, sometimes it takes a long time. Right. But if you really truly believe you can help them, you need to keep working on it because at sure. some point, or there'll be a change in their management. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the yeah. will come in and it'll be like, I don't like any of this stuff. I need a new video person. All over again. Right. All that stuff happens all the time, which is why you need to keep making those calls, cold, warm, whatever, because you don't know what's happening on the other end. Right, right, right. I love that. Okay. Okay, so another question I have is about follow-up. Um, and you say the fortune is in the follow-up. I have to say, as a publicist, I preach this too. 90% uh, of the time, of the times that I send a pitch out to the media, I won't hear back. Where I get 90% of my bookings are in the follow-up. And it sounds like it's the same for sales, but I'm curious on your, for your thoughts on this. Yeah, oh, I, I'm so glad you asked this because in, when I teach workshops, I always ask this question, how many times should you follow up? Mm -hmm. so you, I love how that. Times, how many times should you follow up, Ashley? Oh, I mean, when I follow up with the media, so here's what I preach, and I'm sure that you're going to say the same. I am pleasantly persistent. So I yes. am confident that like, I know this member of the media is going to want to see this interview opportunity. So sometimes I follow up four times because I know, and I know that might be a little mm -hmm. bit much from the sales side, just because I know members of the media get like, oh, Kim's like, nope. Um, I know members of the media get thousands of emails a day. So right. I always say, Hey, I just want to make sure you saw this. I know you're slammed. And then that's when I get the booking. Right. Or then they pass. Oh, so, I'm like, thank you so much for getting back to me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now in the media, I think it is probably different. Yeah. In yeah. sales, in sales, you, I counsel people, you don't stop following up until you hear a no. Huh. 
Oh, okay. I think that's Okay, cool. so there's my I number. Like Don't there's... stop following up until you hear it. Right. No, I, I think you're really interesting. And I guess I never really put two and two together, but yeah. I get unsolicited emails and 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 uh, offers to help me and I just kind of delete them. But they don't yep. stop until I say, you know what? I, I yep. think your services are great, but you know, I've told people, I, I had to tell somebody the other day, you know, I've just decided this is not where I'm going to put the money right now. Yeah. Let, and then, and then if they're a good salesperson, they'll say, okay, thank you. Cause I used to say this all the time when I was selling Xerox, like feedback like that is tremendously valuable. It is. When you're on a quota as a salesperson and you're being monitored, how many calls do you make? How many appointments do you make? Like, it's not just how many sales you close, but if you keep wasting all your selling time, calling people who have no intention of buying for another 18 months, like that's really helpful information. So yeah, I also respond where it's, where I know it's not automated. Okay. When it's yeah. automated, no, I yeah. delete those, but where it's a real person, I do respond and I say, look, I don't think I'm the right person. I'm not the right target for you, or this is of interest, but I'm not looking to purchase for another six months or whatever the case might be. Um, and so that's for you in terms of follow-up, same thing, like who knows what's going on on the other end. Right. So I like that pleasantly persistent. That's exactly what you need to be. And sometimes, you know, I'm not saying you follow up every other day until you hear a no, of course not. Because, you know, if, if you've had the opportunity to have a sales conversation and there's a proposal on the table. Mm -hmm. I think it's really amazingly obnoxiously rude. How many people do not respond with feedback when you've provided yeah. a proposal. I find that really upsetting from just an etiquette point of view. Mm -hmm. but anyway, that's the reality of business now. So it's on you to keep, keep on being pleasantly persistent until you find out, okay, are they moving forward with this right, project? Right. Did they put it on hold for another year? Because you know what? That happens. It does. But you, there's you as the salesperson going, well, what is going on? I thought this was a for sure deal. And then crickets, you're not hearing anything. Yeah. You're like, what on earth is going on? Well, maybe there's been a takeover, a merger. There's been a change in management. Maybe someone's had a death in the family. Who knows? This is why you can't stop following up. You know, I you need to that. get some kind of feedback and follow-up can be a call, can be an email. It could be, if it's appropriate, a drop in and see somebody. Mm -hmm. All of these things are valid follow-ups. There is no set number though. That's the important thing here. Right. Now, I will also say, and I told somebody this just this week, sometimes it becomes really evidently clear that nothing is happening. Sure, in the cold shoulder. In which case, then you're like, you know what? I'm going to just leave them on my newsletter email list and it's time for me to move on. Yeah. And that happens. And, and generally, most people give up way, way too early. But if you've been pleasantly persistent and you've got nothing back, not even a, you know, we're not working on this anymore or whatever, then it is probably time to let it go. Yeah. I love that. That was yeah. just like the best explanation thank you. I've heard. Yeah. I, we need to wrap it up, but thank I, you so much. I mean, we could talk for so much longer ever, on this. I'm ever. truly and like, I mean, you're amazing. Kim, Kim is, I mean, it's truly somebody who is just a joy to talk to and learn from mm -hmm. all the time. So Kim, tell people how they can find you, where they can find out more information about you. And your book. Okay. Yeah, and my book. So this is really exciting. I have not just a book book. I also have an e-book. And that's available on Amazon. And it's called, If You Can Have a Conversation, You Can Sell. 
Now, this is really important. Someone's already knocked it off. It's important you buy the one that I wrote. Wow. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, no. So, so there's somebody out there selling my $12.99 book for $30, <laughs> which just blows what? me away. I know. <laughs> wow. Seriously? So when you go on Amazon, you got to make sure you buy the one that actually has my picture next to it. And Kim Frederick, which, you know, by the way, like that. Kim's so Okay. And now, and then to reach me, website. because we talked earlier about the confidence and the practice. I mean, that's yeah. what I do. I work yeah. with people to feel confident mm -hmm. in their sales conversations. And the best way to, I'd love to talk to you about whatever it is that you've got going on, what your challenges around selling are. Um, and the best way to reach me there is through my website. And I'm going to spell it because my name is weird. <laughs> Do it. Okay. So it's Kim. That part's easy. K-I-M. Right. Frederick. F-R-E-D-R-I-C-H dot com. Right. And there you you'll find some more details about what I do. And I, but also you can reach me to, if you just want to have a chit chat, I'm always happy to do that because I want to help people find more success. And Absolutely. when we can have these kinds of conversations and we can move our businesses forward, that's awesome. Yes. And you can find um, Kim's, the correct spelling for Kim's uh, email. And I'm sorry, not email your uh, website. website on the description of this podcast. Yay. So, Yay. Uh, that's good. That's great. Yeah, because Kim, I own, here. I, I own a lot of URLs, but I don't think I own enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. To get them all. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Kim. Well, thank you. Fun. No, so fun. You guys, this has been so much fun. You asked really great questions and I know that the questions you asked are questions that other people are also asking. Oh, I know. So I'm really grateful that I had a chance to talk about it and hopefully we can help some people. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. And that's it for us. We'll All see right. you guys in two weeks. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>